Good morning, Livingstones. It's a pleasure, it's an honor to be with you today, this morning. I have so much in my heart. I got a little excited on the first service and I lost my voice. So, but it's just, it's good. You know, I think God has great things for us. I believe we are at the edge of an explosion in this place. God is about to move in a special way. And you and I are part of it. And that's awesome. So, as Pastor Aaron says, my name is David Santana. I am a pastor and director of life groups here in Livingstones. And for me, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And as we continue with this series, I want to talk to you about running with vision. I think it's important that we understand the vision that God is giving us so we can actually run with it and do whatever God is calling us to do. Amen. Now, before I do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about myself, about who are the Santanas. Is that okay? I was born and raised in San Juan, Puerto Rico. There's one Puerto Rican there. there. Right. We are everywhere. We're, we have people everywhere. Uh, Puerto Rico is a beautiful island in the Caribbean. It's a U.S. territory. Spanish is my first language. That is why I talk different. It's not a disease that needs to be cured. It's, it's just different. You know, I learned in Mary's class that there's not, there's no, it's, it's not wrong, it's just different, right? It's, this is how we tell, you know, people that are a little crazy. They're just different. They're just, they're just different, different. So I am different. I talk different. Um, but it's in Puerto Rico where I actually met my wife, Gina. We've been married for 25 years. Together, we have two great children. Uh, Caleb, he's 21. Uh, he's loving and caring and shy. So you usually see him on the third service. <laughs> and then we have Elisa, which is, she's 18, going to 28. <laughs> but she's such a gift um, for the body, for us. I mean, she's... I mean, she's leading with the, with the young people, and I'm just proud of her and proud of my kids and proud of my wife. Um, so we're excited just to be here with you. But I grew up in a, a very Christian home. My, my father and my, 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 my mother, they both were missionaries and, and pastors so all my life. So I grew up in a well-Christian home, and... After marrying Gina, you know, we, we felt the call of the Lord. And one day, the Lord, the Lord told us that we were going to go to the nations and we were going to speak the word of the Lord and, and many will be blessed and ministered and redeemed by His word. So with that in mind, with that vision in our hearts, we, we all start obeying the Lord and we start our journey together. So when we first got married, the Lord moved us from Puerto Rico all the way to Illinois. 
small town called Lincoln, Illinois. I was the only one that talked different. <laughs> but for six years, the Lord placed us there, and we were under a ministry there, and there was a lot of preparation. There is a lot of deep discipleship that we endure during those six years. It's in that, in that, during that time where I learned two valuable lessons. Number one, there is nothing, nothing more valuable or fulfilling than to follow the will of God. Yeah. Nothing. The second lesson that I learned is that to, in order to follow the vision of God, it's going to cost you something. I learned that. Now, the funny thing about that is I learned that not in the pulpit. I learned that by actually cleaning the church. My job for four years was actually cleaning bathrooms of the church, cleaning the school of the church. It's cleaning the bathrooms where I really, really had a revelation of what really means to worship before the throne. Don't worry, you'll get it. <laughs> but it's during that time where the Lord started dealing with my heart. You know, the thing is, when God called me, right, it, it, he said, David, I have this for you, and I have this vision for you, but I still have to work in you. There are things that I need to deal with you. See, you're a pastor kid. Pastor kids are messed up. as well. Just because you're a pastor kid doesn't mean that you are, everything is perfect. I have to things that I have to, that he has to deal with me. So this journey is about working with me in order to get me to the place that he wanted me to get to. After those six years, then the Lord united us to my father and I start serving as a pastor with him. It's a, it's a church called Restoration Christian Church. It's a Spanish-speaking congregation in Bloomington, Illinois. And for the next 15 years, we were ministering with my father until 2019, the summer of 2019, when the Lord then made another move and sent us here. Now, I didn't know anything about Crown Point. I didn't know anything about Living Stones, not even Indiana. I, I was clueless of everything. All I knew was this is what God wants us to do. When we first came to this place, I knew right away the first day we came, this is the place that God wants us to be. We knew it in our spirit. I will tell you as well, the first two years were we're not easy. You know, there are times when you, even doing the will of God, it doesn't feel good. You go through stuff. And it's not about you being wrong or doing something wrong. It's just the part of the process of God. So the only thing that we had to hold on to it was the word 
saying, this is the place I brought you to. And there are some things that I still want to work in you, so will you receive what I have for you and stay? So we did. Four years later, here we are. And I'm so thankful for being obedient to the Lord. You see, when I first got here, I was so less interested in letting you know my credentials. I was less interested in letting people know that I was a pastor and a preacher and all the things that I have accomplished because I was more interested in getting to know what was in you. What was the deposit that God placed in you to the point that made the Holy Spirit moved us all the way from Puerto Rico to Illinois, all the way to Prom Point. You see, I was more interested in getting to know how in the world, God, would you do something like that? I needed to know and connect with that that was within you that needed to minister me. I needed to connect with it. Go with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will certainly come, it will not worry. Or tarry, excuse me. Now, notice how God gave a vision to the prophet. But he also gave some instructions to the prophet on what to do with the vision. Because any vision that comes from God is never meant to stay stagnant. No vision from God is meant to stay within the prophet himself. The vision that comes from God, it is the will of God for that vision to move forward and be an advance to touch many. So he gave some instruction. I want you to take this vision, make it clear, write it down. I want people to see it. I want people to connect with it. I want people to read it. And eventually, I want to build carriers of that vision that can run with it. Those are instructions, very interesting instructions from God to the prophet. So let's define vision. Vision is the knowledge of God's future plan revealed to us in order to give us a sense of direction, goals to achieve, and purpose for our lives. That's what vision is. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know 
the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Proverbs 29, 18, out of the Amplify says, Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. The reason why people perish is because if you don't have vision, if you don't have sight, you don't have a sense of direction, you have a tendency then to stay stuck in the same place. Without vision, I cannot move. And if I move, I move to the wrong place. This is so important. This is why it's so important for us to get the vision of God. What is it that God is placing in our hearts to do and to go after? We're living in a time where vision is so important for us to be clear because there is too much at stake. There are too many people waiting to receive the same things God is giving you and God is been ministering to you. I said in the beginning, I believe we are on the edge of an explosion in this place. I believe it with all my heart. We're about to be, uh, receive a pour of the Spirit like never before in order to do everything that God has called us to do. You and I are part of this. Now that there are some characteristics of godly vision, I want to share with you, number one, how do I know the vision is godly? Number one, God's vision is transformational. Every vision that comes from God comes to change me first. If it's not transforming me, if it's not changing me, it's not God. Now, sometimes it's not about lack of vision. Sometimes it's about me not willing to receive what God is putting in front of me. So you either, it's either it's not from God or we are not receiving what he's offering us. But either way, it has to be transformational in order to be God's. Everything that God does is to change you and I. He gave me a call. He gave me a vision. But he told me, I need to transform you first. You're not ready for it. You can handle it. I need to be known in you. 
You must decrease so I can increase, increase, says the Lord. Throughout time, the history of time, we see God with a vision in mind. From the beginning, we see him setting the stage to create a vessel, a living vessel that he could dwell in it. The problem with that is that the vessel is broken. That vessel, it's full of sin. And how can God dwell in a place where it's broken? But because every vision has a cost, he sacrificed himself and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to transform us from the inside out. He gave everything he has for you and I in order to come and clean us from the inside out. Do you remember the woman on the well? See, that woman was broken in every single area. Socially, with relationships. She was broken with self. Religiously. Yet that's the woman that Jesus chose to reveal to her a truth that not everybody was ready to receive. And told her, listen, I know all about you, but I want you to know something. The hour is coming, and the hour is where true worshipers will worship him in his spirit and in truth. In other words, I'm about to do something that I'm going to be able to dwell inside of you. The spirit and the word of truth coming together, living inside of you, creating rivers of living waters. Do you understand what, how great our God is? Because our brokenness needed to be fixed. He needed to do it from the inside out. And because of that, he created a temple where his presence could dwell in an eternal relationship with him. How great is he? Number two, God's vision is meant to advance forward. God's vision is not meant to be stagnant. He told the prophet, I want you to write it down. I want you to make it clear because I want people to run with it. I want to people to grab this truth. I want to see people transformed by it. And I want as many as possible to receive the same thing that I'm giving you. 
That's how great God is. Number three, with every vision, there is going to be provision. When the vision is from God, He will provide everything you need to accomplish everything He set you to accomplish. You see, He not only gives you vision, but He gives you the provision for it. You need a provision to the journey. In order to accomplish that, you need to you need provision. So all the resources he's going to have available for you. Every gift, every strength, every grace, every faith, everything you need to accomplish that that he has said before you, he will provide it to you because it's his vision, not ours. So God will provide provision to his vision. Can I go deeper on this one? Go with me to John chapter 15, verse 16. You didn't, this is Jesus speaking. You didn't choose me. I choose you. I appointed you to go and produce Lasting fruit. You know, it's his idea in the first place. It's his vision in the first place. Aren't you glad that it's not you or my idea? See, Jesus is making something very clear. I want you to know that I am the one who chooses you. You didn't choose me. It was not your idea in the first place. So I don't want you to get any glory for anything here. I want you to know that I am the one who chose you. When you were not even looking, I was looking at you. When you were broken, I was looking at you. When you were sick, I was looking at you. When you didn't know where to go, I was looking at you. I choose you. Now look at the second part. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is not a prosperity gospel. This is about we obedient to God's will. We going because he is sending us. And because we are obedient to him, the father then commits himself to provide everything you need for the journey. That's true gospel. That's the intention of God. Let me tell you something. If you are struggling right now with your business, 
If you're struggling with your marriage, if you're struggling with sickness, if you're struggling with your family, don't you dare give up. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the vision he has for you. He's changing you. He's changing me. Don't you dare quit. He chose you before you choose him. When I look at living stones, and I'm going to make it a little more personal and local, there are four pillars that compose our vision in this house. Number one, renewing hearts. Now, this is, I'm not making this up. If you go to the website, you'll find this. <laughs> Although I do have a tendency to make up words. <laughs> My son went to the encounter for the first time last year. And he came to me very excited with a notebook and a pencil. I said, Dad, I'm going to be writing down things about your teaching. And I was so excited. My own son, he's writing about my teaching. Then he came, Dad, I, write, I wrote down many things, and I have this list of words that are not existence. <laughs> well, son, I will remember that the time of your inheritance. So these this, this four pillars of, of our vision is it's, it's, it's part of our house. It's part of this house. This is, so renewing hearts is number one. We believe that only through Jesus Christ, the heart of man can be renewed. Simple, but truth. There's nothing else. There's no other way to the Father. Only through Jesus Christ. So we believe in this place. That only through Jesus, your heart can be renewed. Number two, we believe in restoring homes. We believe that God not only have a plan for your life, but also have a plan for your marriage. He has a plan for your family. He, was, he has a plan for your children. He wants to bless you and renew your heart and restore your family. Number three, we believe in reforming culture. When you have people, they, are being, they have been restored individually. When you have families restored, when you have churches restored, we can then influence the culture because at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is Lord of everything. Amen. Number four, reaching nations. The great commission must become the great completion. 
we are also called to go into the nations and present the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to see people delivered. We want to see people restored. We want to see the power of God manifested in all the nations that he sent us to. That's part of the vision. The vision, not the vision, Jocelyn. Part of the vision. Now, everything we do here, every ministry we do here, is to facilitate those four pillars of the vision. From life groups, marriage class, encounter, jams, healing ministry, CR, worship, production, children ministry, prayer ministry, communication, finances, youth ministry, and missions. Everything we do, we do to facilitate the vision that God has placed in this place. The ministries are part of the provision for the vision. The new building is not the vision. Did you know that? The new building is not the vision. The new building is part of the provision to facilitate the vision. Amen. Now, we're getting close. I'm going to finish up with this question. How do I allow the vision to bring transformation in my life? And how do I become a carrier to advance it? Number one, three simple things, very important. Number one, we must connect with the vision. You must connect with it. We are built to be connecting with one another. We need each other. We need to minister to each other. We need people that can speak into our lives. I need to come under the vision first in order for that vision to minister to my life. So I'm going to connect with it. How do I connect with it? Well, I'm going to join life groups. I'm going to join marriage class. I'm going to join CR. I'm going to join JAM. I'm going to go to Bread and Jocelyn class in parenting. Because I need to be transformed by the vision in this place. I need to connect with it. Does that make sense? Number two, once you have connected with the vision, then you can commit to the vision. How do I connect? How do I commit to the vision? This is when we actually invest in it. Because the vision has done so much in my life. God's will has done something. His purpose has done something so much in me. The change, the transformation is doing so much. Now it's my turn to commit to it. Now it's my turn to invest in it. There are three major areas of investment when we talk about vision. Number one, we invest with our time. To serve one another, it takes time. We serve by using time. Number two, 
I'm going to invest in the vision by investing with my talent and my giftings. What is it that God has given you to give? See, you can only give what God gave you. You cannot give what you don't have. But you can give what God gave you. So what are your giftings? What are your talents? How can you put and, op op and operate that to minister to one another? You've been connected with the vision. Now you're committed to it. You're investing in it. Three, you invest with finances. The noun campaign. We're investing to it financially. We want to see that building, right? So the third way to invest is financially. So those are the three ways to invest or commit to the vision. Number three, we become carriers of the vision. Now the vision is in our hearts. The vision is written inside of us. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. It's been planted inside. It's changing our inside. Now we're committed to it. We're investing in it. So now I can become a carrier of the vision. Meaning I'm going to take this that the Lord is doing in my life and I'm going to take it out there. And I'm going to give it to whoever needs it. Because what God is doing in this place is not meant to stay here. What God is doing in your life is meant to change somebody else's life. So what we're going to do when that building is done, we're just going to facilitate the people to come so they can also be changed just like you have been changed. So we are now running as carriers with the vision. Stand with me. I want to pray with you. I want to pray, Lord. I want your eyes, our eyes to be open. To see everything that God has established for us. I want this vision to be clear in our hearts. It's too much at stake. You know, I, I don't know my grandchildren yet. I don't have any grandchildren, but I know that everything that I'm doing now is going to impact them. Yeah. It's going to impact them. I know it's going to impact my children. It's going to impact my grand. There's a new generation that is going to be impacted because of what you're doing today. I never met Bishop. Didn't have the honor to do that. But I know I'm here because of what he did. I know the Lord brought me all the way from Puerto Rico to be in this place with you at this time and hour. To be part of everything that God is doing in this place. So do we understand the magnitude 
of the purpose of God in our lives. So Father, I pray for eyes to be open and vision to advance in our hearts. Father, we say yes to you, regardless of the cost. We say yes. And Father, I pray that you bless this congregation, that you bless Pastor Ron, that you bless the First Lady Marion. And Father, we know that he's going to come back with a greater anointing. And I cannot wait to listen what God is showing to his heart. Bless your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, please come. Thank you so much.